0: This is The Servers Radio Network. Welcome to this edition of A Servers Journey with Rocky DeStefano. The foundation of the program is everyone is leading something or someone. Whether you're a parent leading your family, a coach leading a team, a team member leading a few, or a CEO leading an organization, We are all on this path of being a leader. Thus, the title of the program is A Server's Journey. Well, we're glad you're with us today because today is another episode of the Toolbox Takeaway. And Rocky, Mike, and Foster are in the studio and they're getting ready to talk. And the topic of the program is mentoring. So you want to stay tuned for that. We want to thank you all for joining with us here on a server's journey, especially those who are giving us comments on our website and our website, you know, has been created by ACS creative. They don't play games with your money and they can create uh, brochures, logos, direct mail, ad campaigns, and of course, websites. So contact ACS creative on the website. Epic moments in leadership and our, Epic moment in leadership today comes from a quote from John Maxwell. And he says, the persistent complains about the wind. The optimist expects it to change. But the leader, he adjusts the sails. So are you an optimist? Are you a pessimist? Or are you a leader ready to step up and make changes in the sails? Well, Rocky, I think it's time that we get into the meat of this program, and yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of meat passed here. We have a full house here today, so Mike Hodes
1: has joined us again. Yes, sir. Or should I'm I here. say Mike Hogs? What, what, what did Larry say last time? Hodes. Don't worry. Hokes. Hodes. <laughs> and we do have, have Foster, uh, who's... Did did we officially make I graduated Foster? from Dishwasher. Yeah, so is, are you an intern now? I'm um, just happy to be here. I think that's where, where we're at You're right a contributing now. contributing member of...
2: A I, I take up space in the You're room. The team,
1: yeah. yes. Foster, um, I noticed you had a little bit of a coming out party, and that you can no oh, longer. That sounds make, really bad. Well, it does, but you can no longer make fun of Italians.
2: I can't. I don't know how I, how I feel about that right now.
1: You kind of. So Foster has come alongside, and he's dating an Italian girl. He, I think he's recognizing the greatness that is the Roman Empire. I'm just saying. I'm a plea. Yeah,
2: I'm a The
0: fifth. So that is um, official.
2: That is a. It's official now. It's going on a podcast. No, yeah, it's official. It's official. Yeah,
0: we are
1: super happy. I, even though I joke with Foster a lot, I'm super All the time. happy.
3: Hey, All right, I appreciate
0: it. Well, we're going to talk about one word, the M word today. Yes, and M-word. this is
1: part of our toolbox takeaways, and we're talking about um, in life if you're on a path to be a servant leader you have to have a north star you have to have help there's just no way around it we talk about how being a server is vulnerable and you're transparent and nobody's perfect you're going to mess up and you're going to fall into um, pitfalls and you're going to make stupid mistakes and you have to pick yourself up and so there's a role of a mentor that's the m-word that we all need in our life and so we're going to do an open forum we're going to talk somewhat about the mentors we've had and why they were impactful and what they taught us so who, who wants to start
0: well i would go first because i'm here and i get i get microphone number one so i'll go first who are you also the oldest here i believe so but we won't talk about that so age age before, before beauty yes right. yes foster your beauty um, oh thanks guys my mentor was a, a a pastor and he actually led me to the lord Uh, but I was in the television business producing a TV show just for this guy and it turns around and he led me to the Lord. So what a great mentor. So have you, did you keep in touch with him
1: over the years? Over the years. Yes. Over the years. Yeah. Okay. So Larry named his first, who wants to go next? Who has one?
2: Oh, I can go. I guess, yeah. yeah. So, Rocky, I've always considered you a mentor. Oh, geez, I knew you go. knew that was coming. You knew no, it was coming. I was
1: hoping it wasn't coming. because no. I think people should aim
2: higher. Well, you know, sometimes we gotta settle for what we got. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I am what you no, got. No, no, I, no. I, I am what many people have, which is a sad state of affairs. It fear, feels but... like winning the lottery right there. No, but I've always considered you a mentor um, since I started with at Chick fil A um, all those years ago. And I know we've we've actually talked about doing a formal mentorship before. And it's just I think we're both so busy. That we've never. Yeah, we we do a lot of lunches, or at least for a while
1: we were doing a lot yeah. of lunches. Yeah. yeah. So now what a Foster has effectively done is I can't really make fun of you because I know. It's just. It is. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay, so tell me what I've taught you because <laughs> I need to learn it too. That sounds really, yeah. really arrogant right there, but uh, <laughs> we'll go for it. No, um, you know, Rocky, I think one of the biggest things you taught me was how to lead well. Um, I remember coming into the store my first day and you coming out to meet me, I think you actually met me at my interview. And from that point on, you just always made a point. Anytime you came by, it was never about what I was doing for your store. It was about who I was. And I remember I, I'd had some jobs before that, but I was kind of just getting started. I was 19 at the time and, and seeing how passionate you were for the people around you really hit me hard. And I know that, you know, over the years we have multiple times where we talked about different things, uh, and I, I still share them with people when they come to me about things. But I want to tell you something that somebody really wise taught me. Um, I remember that that time I came and spoke to you about uh, somebody in the store I was having an issue with, and I told you, Rocky, I'm just I am so angry at them. I know it's not right. And you looked at me, you're like, Foster, I want you to go and for the next thirty days pray about them like they're the most important person in your life. And I remember grudgingly doing that and coming back thirty days later, and you asked me how how's this going? And I was not happy to tell you that I loved them. That over that time, you know, of, of putting them in such a high place, that been well. I know another lesson that you taught me. Um, Well, Foster, first, why were you so angry at Larry? Why did you hate
1: Larry so much? You know,
2: I was just jealous is really what it came down to. (laughs) No, I'm joking, Larry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How did I get involved? (laughs) He did not
2: hate you. This is way before I met Larry. Um, But no, I know like one of the other biggest lessons I remember you sharing with me was the, the dying on hilltops. Um, we had that talk, and and I, I feel like when I was in my early twenties, I was so zealous for every battle at that store. You know, anytime something I came up, I was like Rocky, this is it. We're gonna we're gonna stick it to the man. Even though you were kind of the man, you're I know. The boss. Yeah, it's,
1: it's scary. I
2: know. But I remember you sitting out at me and telling me like, Foster, you can't die on every hill. Like, there's only so many hills that you can. This can be a stand that you're willing to go down for. Some hills, you just have to be willing to give up. And I remember even that. I think looking back now, if I was handling a 24-year-old that was just way too passionate, I think I probably would have just been like, all right, you just need to stop. Yeah. I don't know that I would have had the, the patience you did, but even that, you displayed the same thing you did when I started, that you were more interested in me as a person in my growth. I remember you would actually be working at the store while you're doing this. You were inputting end of month and all this stuff. So you're constantly working while you have this 24 year old harassing you. Um, But you never seemed like it was an issue to you. You were always more invested in my growth and who I was. Well, I think I was still dying on Hills too. So
1: I was as much reminding myself, which is what I always say this show is. It's a weekly reminder to me why I do the things I do and how I want to live it. Because it's easy to fall into that dying in every hill. It's easy to get frustrated with people and get tired of the journey. It really is. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, we all need those reminders. So, mm. Well, thank you very much, Foster. That's very moving. And I hope I've had influence. I, I know, like Mike, it, it, we're always surprised when we hear we have. And we want to desperately want to have influence over mm. people. But we're at the same point uncomfortable with it, too. So... Mm. Um I I I'll share one I had uh Joe DiNardo. I've talked uh, a lot about Joe on this show. Um Joe's your first operator, right? Yeah, and and really he was a surrogate father. Him and his wife entered my life at a time when I was a very I was struggling with everything. I didn't know who I was or what I felt. I had a terrible upbringing and so I was upset and angry at everybody and everything. And I think had they not entered my life, I would never have finished college for sure. But I, Trisha and I were talking about this yesterday. I probably would have ended up in jail because my anger led to st- stupidity. It, it. I was a knee jerk. I was reactionary. I was violent. Um, and they entered my life. And Joe taught me godly patience. You know, you, Larry, you mentioned about... Um, your your, uh, first boss leading you to God. And that's exactly what Joe did. He, first of all, introduced a God that I I never knew existed because the God that he introduced wasn't the God that I had been led to believe at the Catholic Church. Um, And then he just was such a patient man. He should have fired me 20 times. I, I deservedly should have been thrown out and time and time again, he saw me as a bridge and not a dead end, and he helped me until I was more of a finished product. I'm still, still getting there, but you know, Mike, how about you? How, is there somebody that you can think of?
3: Wow, <laughs> you, you, how many hours do you have? <laughs> no, truly. I mean, I go. I, I can. I don't want to embellish too much, but probably a turning point in my life that led me to the Lord you know when i was 30 i was uh, a senior in high school and my mother and second stepdad were divorcing and uh, george farmer i've mentioned him before he's passed away he's in heaven right now looking down at me probably <laughs> but the bottom line is he personally availed himself and as a mentor i think that's what you have to remember is you've got to be available and sometimes it's not convenient to be available, but you have to be. And that's what George did for me. Um He just listened. <clears throat> I knew he was a, a youth pastor, but he was also a guidance counselor at Tyrone Middle School in St. Pete. And uh I, he wanted to meet me. And when I met him, I was an angry young man like you, had a temper. I'd played football and could really vent myself <clears throat> on the field.
1: Yeah, football is. not yeah. amazing how football can be. Used? It was a good outlet for me, where I could be <laughs> violent and right. not go and to rewarded. Jail. Oh yes. yeah,
3: and be rewarded for being a mean. Yep. Yep. Well, and then I worked on cars. Long story short, George planted in me Jesus. I didn't like it. I didn't accept it. He never really talked about it, but he showed me, like your mentor did, <clears throat> love and real friendship he didn't want anything from me and lord knows i didn't want to give it to him <laughs> anyway yeah, right but he got he's the guy that got me not to go uh, and enlist but to go to automotive school
1: right yeah
3: and, and that, think about that because you've really been a mechanic your
1: whole life now i mean in sort whatever, of i mean yeah, you've sure. you know you've yeah. merged mechanic engineer i uh, you know Uh, still have a love of old wood boats and tinkering around. So uh, I think maybe he gave you a way to release some of your stress and aggression. He he planted
3: that little tiny mustard seed that when I was 30, when I decided it was over for me, and then I'll try Christ for for two weeks. And that was, well, gosh, 40 years ago. So
1: So my second mentor is in this room, and I always talk about this, Mike. Um, Mike came along, uh, and we're roughly 20 years apart, a little bit less, um, and so Mike has been that, the next phase guy in my life for longer than, um, you know, when I think back, longer than I even realized, but we're probably going on about 20 years of friendship now. Um, I think I met you in 99, I want to say?
3: Yep. yep yeah, yeah, Sure so, did.
1: Yeah. So... Uh, Mike uh, was, he handled things with class and patience. And, and, you know, when I met him, I was still, I, I was a work in progress. I was learning patience, but I was still knee jerk. I was a control freak. Um, I still was working 80, 80 hours, 100 hours a week. And so with Mike, I was, he constantly reminded, I don't think Mike um, maybe remembers, but he, Talk to me. One of our first conversations was about numbering our Saturdays, and I don't know if it was God that spoke through Mike or if Mike saw me and said, "This guy needs some help," but I was wasting and squandering time with my family, and it didn't take quickly. I still struggled. I would probably say until about two thousand four. Um. But you know, before I got there, and I understood, hey, this is greater than me. I can't be everything. Um, I have to find that balance. Um, but Mike was the first to really share with me, um, you're, you're wasting time, valuable time that you're not going to get back. And and I know Mike was telling me that, knowing that he probably felt like he also was wasting time sometimes. But he was a really great example, and um, I've used that, told that to people hundreds of times so mike i gotta thank you for that
3: well i think if satan can't slow you down he'll speed you up yeah and yeah you know you can do a hunt well you can do 10 things in a day and they're all good but you're not very good at any, any of them yeah and what i try to do is i i I learned this from uh covey yeah you Stephen know, covey Stephen covey we went to a, a, a seminar i took my team there years ago and uh he said, you know, planning in solitude, 20 minutes at least, every day. So I would get up and I would look at my schedule and go, okay, I can't do all this. Well, what's the major in the majors? And then I was able to use uh, Kathy Gunther Mitchell, and she'd look at my schedule and go, I'll take this, that's, don't, let's. I'll cancel that, and, uh, you know, I'll take it, I'll do this. And so I found myself doing three things really well. Yeah, and that's when my life took off. Yep. Of course, I had Jenny, a sick kid, who I was told on numerous numerous occasions she wouldn't live. She, right, she'd die that night. Right, and so I began to move into the present. Right, and I was saying to Foster when we we're um, waiting Pre, on pre-show in the green room. Yeah, we were, in the green room, yeah,
1: we're calling that the green
3: room now. Right. I, just I said, you know, I'm seventy. I, if my family most lived to be about eighty. That's 520 Thursdays left. Yeah. So when somebody says, Hey, could you do this? I go, But make believe you had 10 years as a young man. So I mean, how much more valuable could you spend your time? Well, and I always think about Jesus, you know, he's at the last supper. Could you imagine? All his cell phone goes off. (laughs) Hey, JC, can you step outside, man? You know, there's somebody who wants to kind of talk to you. His last supper. What did he do? He focused on his quote, people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and you think about
1: that—that—that that, that whole thing, you know, where we talk about where he got up, wrapped the towel around yes, his waist, watch. Yes, he's dead in twenty-four hours. Yep. But he and he knew it, you know, and so it shows you again. He wasn't wasteful with that time. Right. He could have done anything, and he set the biggest example. Mm-hmm. Let me be a servant to everybody.
3: Well, I can guarantee you. At the end, and I'm not saying I'm at the end, but if I if I was, what you really want, and you think at a young age, I'm looking at you, Foster. Oh, you know, I need a new car, and I want to get a house, and that's all good stuff. But Foster, <laughs> at the end, no, no, but at the end of the day, what you really, what your heart longs for, is significance. Yeah, mm.
2: yeah. I think I'd agree with that, and I think, and I know I'm not old. But I think I've finally reached that point to where I, I can look back in my early 20s and I can see a distinct difference in my mentality. I think in, in 1920, you know, I was first working with the Iraqi. My mindset was I need to get nice stuff. I need to establish myself. And I think now, Mike, I, like you I said. I think it was mostly girls' fault. It was mostly girls, yeah, let's yeah, be honest. Like a <laughs> caught caught have it. <laughs> nice stuff. Um, but <laughs> I think looking now, I see more that I want to be significant. Even if it means not having becoming in first place and everything else.
1: Yeah. And and you are a foster because right now there's a generation of people right now that in ten years will name you as one of their mentors. And you don't have to be perfect, because that's my issue. My issue is I always felt like I had to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And the reality is you can't be perfect, but if you're vulnerable. And if you just admit when you screw up, mm-hmm. that means a lot. In fact, I think people have learned more from me on what not to do for my failures and for my successes. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I can tell you another thing, Mike, that uh, was impactful for me. Uh, and you mentioned this, Foster, just being there. So mm-hmm. when, when I was doing the month end, I didn't. Want to talk to you? I, you know, uh, I mean, I you, you know. I honestly, it. the the a the driven person in me just wanted to get done what I had to do. Mm-hmm. But I remember I would get text from Mike about every two or three months, and he would text me and say, "I just passed your store, and I'm praying for you." Mm-hmm. And in fact, if I look back at my text history with Mike, that's probably the the most common text I got from Mike, and every time just knowing that it was impactful for me. And all he did was take a few seconds out of his time. And I know what was happening because I know he's just like me. He's driving. He's thinking about getting to work. He's trying to listen to something that adds value to his life. He turns and sees Chick-fil-A and he says, hey, I need to
3: pray right now because if I don't, I might not do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And,
3: but it's intentional. That's right. And here's here's the key, and nobody wants to hear this. When I had a meeting this week with two fellas, and they they're struggling, and and what they didn't want to hear was this time, yeah. spend time. It's called personally availing yourself. People would rather give you money than their time. Oh, and, and I invested two hours of my time with them, and yeah. you know there was three of us, and you know, that's a huge commitment. But if you want to be significant and you want to really mentor people. You've got to be available, mm-hmm. and sometimes that is hey, could we have breakfast at six thirty uh, well, how about next week? no today okay, and then you drop everything and you go mm-hmm. yeah well, and I think that 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 would be my advice is
1: there's going to be times when you're done teaching and you're ready to get out you've been mm-hmm. at that church mm-hmm. all day yeah and you're you're thinking we got to get this place turned over and I need to go mm-hmm. um, my Beautiful Annie's waiting for me. Mm. <laughs> but it's Just can't let it go, can <laughs> <you>? <laughs> But it but it's that it's that
2: process of giving and it's not a lot yeah. of time. Sometimes it's five minutes. Yeah. And you know, something you were you were saying, like you're talking about Jesus in the last supper and his phone going off. You know, I think what meant the most, you know, working with you, Rocky, and as you were kinda of mentoring me with that wasn't always the lessons. The lessons were good, but I think more often than not, our conversations ended with you kind of say some long lines of man foster i don't i don't know that i have a solution to that man but let's pray real quick and it wasn't always that you had some groundbreaking you know yeah, i, almost, I almost never did no yeah. no you did
1: you did i but can I write think, a book that just said i'm gonna pray with you <laughs> i will pray with you yeah that would be uh you know
2: but all I, I, I think what really meant the most to me was i was i knew if i came to you you would spend time with me you would whatever you were doing you, you would Show me that it was important to spend time with me, to talk with me, to listen to what was going on. I'm glad you felt that way, because I, well, I,
1: I, I don't know how you felt
3: I would caution you. Again, here's, here's Satan's trap. So now you have Foster, and you have Sarah, and you have Nancy, and you have Pete, and you have Mike, and you have Blair. All of a sudden, your plates fall. Yeah. And so be careful. And what I used to do is I would be available. And I would purposely um, suggest something to someone. But then if I saw them just going right out, I remember this one young lady who had diabetes and was drinking. And I remember saying to her, you have to stop drinking with diabetes. And she continued to do it and got herself a DUI and all this. And I finally stopped mentoring her because I was wasting my time. Yeah. Yeah. And God talks about casting pearls before swine. Mm-hmm. And so I think what you have to do is realize you can't be everything to everyone. Yeah. Just like... Well, I use that three and nine principle for 12, and that's about it. I can spend about 12, 13 plates. Used to be able to. I can't do that many now, but I used to limit it to about a dozen. Yeah,
1: but the great thing yeah. is that they begin to do that right. same principle. And right. so, I mean, Jesus built everything. On the backs of those men. That's
3: right. Uh, You know, and and women too. I I sure. Oh yeah, Yeah. he did. Yeah, yeah. And here, but here's the other thing, and here's the other side of it. You know, as a mentor, I'm a person just like everyone else, and mentors are not an an endless pitcher that can be continually poured out. And I find many times when you mentor people, there is no input. From them, it's mm-hmm. all about them, and and you go into it that way. But at some point, I tire. Yeah. And some of the best relationships I've had have been give and take. Yeah. And give and take, and that's one reason you and I continue. You continue my purview. Right. I mean, eventually, people that continually take, and the only time you hear from them is when they're in a jam. Right. I tend to just limit or turn it off. Mm. And you've always shown me gratitude for my time and my energy. And then when Jenny passed away, you know, you were instrumental in helping me and my family heal, my son, my daughter, you know, it it was a fabulous thing. And there's been other people that I've mentored and they've returned to help me and to appreciate me. So don't forget, if, you're, if you've got a mentor, treat them, mentor, treat them yeah. well if you can. I, so. was,
1: you know, I, I've been, I, I challenge myself to read the Bible every day, and it's embarrassing to admit that I have to challenge myself to do that. But I've been doing really well lately, and today I read a verse where Jesus was talking about um, you can tell when the fig tree is about to give fruit by the tenderness of the branch. Mm -hmm. The branch is tender. And so one thing I've realized is if I have a relationship where I want this more than you want it, I probably need to cut it off. It's Mm -hmm. not a tender branch because it's probably not going to bear fruit. You're talking about you as the mentor. Yeah. I mean, if if I'm desperate for you to do this and there's no movement on your end, and I'm not talking about immediate movement, but if it's three, six, eight months in this relationship and we're having the same conversation, the the branch just isn't tender. It's just not going to bear fruit. And I have to be okay with saying, and I probably need to biblically say, hey, I don't know that you're ready or wanting to bear fruit and there's other people that
3: I need to do this with, you know? Sure. And that's hard. Well, Henry Cloud, Dr. Henry Cloud, who wrote Boundaries, talks about necessary endings. And when you have a necessary ending, then it frees up your time and energy, your resources to be available to other people. And, you know, you can make more money, mm. but you can't make more time. And if you're squandering your time, yeah, I have to ask, what's the use of that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, it's very important that you... The listener, perhaps you have a mentor right now. If you don't have, maybe you should find one.
1: Well, and if you do have, I would love to hear your story of what you've learned from your mentor. So get on our Facebook page or social media or website and let us know how you've been impacted by your mentor.
0: And we want to thank you for linking up with us all the time here on A Service Journey. Again, I'd like to suggest if you need help with your website, contact ACS Creative because they do not play games with your money. Until next time, Rocky and Mike and Foster the foster, who The Foster the intern? Yes. Yeah. Are they all here? They are. And you, right. and
3: you know what I know.
0: <laughs> we're, Fo- we're on this journey with Toolbox Takeaway. To
1: foster, what is your pithy takeaway do we have a closing for you what is do, it
0: what,
2: do i don't know I mean, normally we just make fun of me that's that's kind of that's <laughs> I, kinda how we says, end it you know,
3: you know what, what i, I know, know. <laughs> my name's
2: foster and i'm happy to be here <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah as always guys we thank you for coming along uh on this journey and i hope you understand that we transparently are saying we're not there that we're on this journey together and we're all just trying to be somebody worth following thanks
3: for listening